g'day. Welcome back, sports medicine project people. God, that's a mouthful to get out. But welcome to our very first episode of what we are calling the student edition. Now, I'm Blake. I'm here with Justin Smith, who you guys would have heard on previous episodes. So Justin and I both work at the university. Um, Yeah, Justin, thanks for coming on. Thank you, mate. And thanks for putting this on. I think this is something that we've thought about wanting to do, or I've thought that we've needed to do. for a few years so so yeah excited to launch it with you mate good stuff yeah it's gonna be awesome now we so we obviously work at the university teaching in podiatry but these tips you'd have to say they're relevant for all students whether it be podiatry nursing chiro osteo physio um yeah would you agree yeah i think so hopefully they should be able to be across a few different professions yeah so student edition what what is the student edition yeah so what we wanted to achieve and why we sort of wanted to do this was we constantly in the student clinic i've been working with the newcastle university for i think this is my fifth or sixth year now and there's these constant (coughs) patterns that we see now with certain cohorts there's the similar conversations that we have Mm. these concepts and understanding points that we give to students repetit like all the damn time um so getting them down into one spot in a longer format so we're not having these siloed individual conversations is one thing and then also observing what the best students that graduate and get the best jobs and do best with their career what are the habits and things that they do consistently that some of the other students who don't have the best experience and maybe really struggle, what's the difference? And Mm. so mapping out what the good students do consistently and where the leveling up opportunities are. So, and trying to, yeah, get get students to have the best experience and become our colleagues, um, you know, and graduate with a great, you know, a great experience from the university. Yes, yeah, I completely agree. And we've got... I would say we both have a pretty unique perspective in the sense that you've been out for, for several years now and I've been out for two and a half years. And, you know, when I went through, I had not a social media presence, but I followed a lot of pages. I was in a lot of groups. I listened to a lot of podcasts and maybe they'd, I just hadn't found them yet, but I didn't find anything that could really help me as a student or really related to this is exactly what we are going through as a student. And, you know, it's going to be good. So I'm excited to get, get stuck in. Mm. Shall we lead it away? So some of the main tips that that we think, Mm. and you you just touched on it then, Blake. So social media and leveraging social media to really get the most out of your learning or your downtime. So one thing is using things like Twitter, certainly podcasts uh, and Instagram to start to follow and even just search and understand podiatry or your profession, whether it be physio or whatever, start to search and find some of the good ones that you want to uh, follow. And instead of scrolling through your newsfeed or make your newsfeed as pertinent and um, particular to you just learning and becoming more curious about your profession. Yeah, yeah. I so what I <clears throat> what I did when I was a student, I just made a completely separate Instagram page, and it's actually still on there. It's called Pod Journal, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just follow. I think I follow 180 people of people in, in all different areas, and I guess you could say different silos. So I followed some people that post a lot about rehab, some people that post a lot about orthotic therapy, footwear, and then also a little bit about pain science and education. And basically, you can just go on there. And, you know, there's videos, there's information, they post research studies, and it's just a good way to not mindlessly scroll through your other Instagram feed, and it's a good way to learn in your free time. 
Tip number two would be joining your professional body association as mm. a student membership. So that's something that's free in mm. podiatry association and it's I'm assuming in, in physio and a few other ones they would probably be free. What mm. that guarantees you access to is free courses for, for basic things. Yep. We mentioned one, we've got one coming up soon from our colleague Rebecca, Rebecca Rushton's um, hosting a blister prevention yes. type one for yep. runners, which is awesome. I've done that course before. She's fantastic and students have free access to that mm. um, through the association. Yeah, and I think that there's probably been a little bit of talk in, in the last several months and you hear a lot of other clinicians and colleagues you know, on Facebook groups and things like that talking about you know, that the associations aren't perfect and they're obviously they have our best interests at heart and they're never going to be perfect but they do some incredible courses and things for free. Like you sign up as a member, like you said, it's free for students and yeah, we're both doing that course. It, it'd be incredible and that's a free course with someone that's incredibly knowledgeable and you know, it's an hour out of your day to learn something that's going to exponentially make you better when you graduate. Yeah, absolutely. Supporting the association is an important thing in my in my um, belief um, yeah so they're the two main ones for when you certainly first start your um, your student career mm. uh, the other the other key one is taking really good notes <laughs> and mm. how to start to reflect um, so for us as mostly working in the clinic so where the rubber meets the road for our profession is where you start to see patients and it becomes a really steep learning curve it's going from basically memory testing and rote learning and definitions and all that sort of mm. stuff which gets you access to start seeing patients you do all the fundamental courses um, and then you start to see patients and it's a whole different ball game it's metacognition it's complex learning and there's people and humans involved so it can get messy and it's for a <laughs> lot of students it can be steep which is normal we're completely normal absolutely yeah. it's the exciting yeah. part we're both <clears throat> smiling because that's the fun bit for mm. me as a student i distinctly remember scraping through the the you know the physiology and uh, the chemistry and the various yeah. things that you have to do because I wasn't very good at that learning style. Soon as I got in front of patients, I started to understand and it made a bit more sense and I really started to enjoy it more. Um, but taking good notes. So for in our student clinic, everyone has to do reflective journals. But what does that actually mean? So I always encourage every student to because they're following us around constantly. If they don't have patients, if they're not physically seeing a patient. They should be following us around and listening to the conversations in the clinic. I call that day, it's like game day. When you're in the clinic, that's game day. Everything else is just training. Uh, when you're going to your lectures, all that mm. sort of stuff, it's just training. It's for a grand day. final every week. Every week. Um, so with that, you want you, it's easy to take good notes if your lecturer or someone else, your clinical mentor, um, says something interesting about a new pathology you hadn't seen before, a new concept that you haven't understood, an action point that you want to change immediately, um, make those notes think about them i always advocate for a, a four colored pen so it makes it a bit clearer for your eyes to see different points i have a four colored pen when mm. i'm sitting there in the student and i'm making different notes with different colors is really helpful um, so that's a really practical simple one take better notes reflect mm. on it it's not a memory test but if the more you can uh, remember those key points it really helps yeah. Now I'm. I completely agree with the note taking, and I'm gonna stand up for the students a little bit because I completely understand. And only being, you know, a student recently, 
I completely understand when there is so much to worry about and you think, oh, I've just seen this patient, you drained, you know, you spent two hours with them where it probably, you know, might only take you 30 to 40 minutes in private practice. You're sitting down to do your notes and it's the last thing you can think of is really doing them in depth. But, you know, just thinking about, let's say you saw, you know, plantar heel pain or you might have saw, you know, a tarsal coalition, something like that. Just thinking to yourself, you know, what is it? How common? How would you diagnose it? What's the gold standard for imaging? Just some little questions that you can understand or better understand the condition, I think really goes a long way to then helping you when you're, you're in private practice because you're going to see these things for sure. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. It's a, it's a high energy day, most students say, mm. when they start to see patients and they're not used to it. But, um, you know, and we sort of jokingly say, when we go to the clinic, it's our shortest, quickest yeah. know, day. Um, yeah. And getting used to that energy management is hard. Um, and you're right, by the end of the day or even the end of a big consult, it's very draining, I understand. Yeah. Um, but notes are important, don't get me wrong. <laughs> notes are incredibly <laughs> important. Yeah. Um, what about you? We we'd had written down talking about podcasts as well. And I guess similar to social media, and then I know you say that you find podcasts easier to digest, whereas I probably find social media easier to digest, but there's heaps of podcasts out there. H- how would you say, you know, an easy way to select what to listen to? Because when there's so many, it can be a bit, a bit draining at mm. times. So firstly, um, there, there's two points to this. One, just getting some recommendations and advice from a senior mentor like we give recommendations mm. to, to various people to our students at the start of the clinic on our whiteboard at the clinic we've written down some podcasts that you should follow I only write down this to. one so yeah, don't listen to anything else <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that's one but then two the process of actually just searching and thinking about how you would critically appraise them yourself obviously in the digital world like how many subscribers do they have? Mm. Um, are, what are their credentials? What are their professional credentials? Starting with those key things and just getting a feel for it and then asking more qualified people, hey, is this something that I should be listening to? You think that process of figuring it out a little bit for yourself is helpful. Yeah, for me, podcasts you know, um, are really helpful. Drive time, travel time, things mm. like that. <clears throat> um, listening is, is a nice format for me. Um, and there's a podcast for everything. Like, if you're, let's say for an example, and this is something that we commonly see, and I know we'll do an episode about this, footwear prescription is an area where we tend to see some of the students um, struggle a little bit. So there's plenty of podcasts out there just talking about footwear prescription or you know how to identify you know what a good shoe is for running and that kind of thing. Like for an example, um, we just had Michael Nischke on the podcast and Tom DeCanto. They just did an awesome episode on the inside running shoe geeks talking about all the research for footwear prescription. So there's, there's plenty out there for sure. Mm. Um, so one key thing that we have had to think about and learn with students is the types of information that we give students. As Mm. we said before, it it can be very overwhelming, particularly when you start to see patients. Everyone, you know, when they start seeing patients go through these peaks and troughs of, I don't know a thing, wow, I've gotten really good again, and then they'll peak again and trough again, oh gosh, I don't know a thing at all, Mm. how am I ever going to get through this degree, I don't know anything. but trying to be selective with your just-in-case information or just-in-time information. So what do I mean by that? So just-in-case-I-need-it is telling them about, uh, you know, some odd, unique uh, pathology or shoe recommendation 
that might have an application just in case they need that bit of mm. information and just in time information is what they need right now because it's pertinent i need to teach them this very particular scalpeling technique for this case in front of us mm -hmm. so um the things that we've run through there just in case information um so another example of that is figuring out where you want to work as a new graduate and your mm. um you know what's the ideal work environment look like we know that when we say that they have those conversations too early with students where all they're thinking about is yeah but i've got this assessment coming up next week mm. i've got this exam tell me about the you know the practical exam that we're doing that's just in time information for them at the moment now of course that's really important we still drip feed it because we want them to be thinking about it a bit more critically not just you know they're on their final placement and they're finally thinking about oh crap i need to start applying mm. for jobs wait where do i want to, oh where should i apply at yeah um you know so <laughs> that balancing act and i often think about it as split screens as well on a computer so running multiple screens so um you know there's the one screen is what i need to think about am i safe and am i competent and am i thinking about it the right way is what we're how we're assessing students so do i have my key proficiencies um, involved and then the other screen is great does this is this going to serve me to become a really great clinician and have a great wonderful long career um you know is this technique scalable is it so mm -hmm. you know that's um which we do get it, it is difficult to think about when you are thinking about your exams more so and, and that kind of thing but and I remember, I use the example of when you're in, and I'm sure most people at university have gone through year 12, when you're in year 12 and there's people all around you, generally adults saying, just study really hard now, trust me, it'll really help you later in life. And now when you think you're in university, you're like, oh, I wish I actually did study a lot harder in year 12. It will be similar when you're a student and when you're graduated. And I was talking with Kelly this morning, asking about her, you know, some tips that she wished that she did when she was in university. And she always says as the first one, I just wish I put all my time into anatomy and really stuck down and, and then thought about in my first and second year, where, where I would like to work, what is the ideal workplace mm. for me? Because it's obviously always changing. Because even she said she got to the end of the fourth year and I was similar end of, um, end of my podiatry degree and I was like all right sweet where do I want to work and I've got to decide in a month where I probably could have had a couple of years thinking about where I where I would probably see myself working mm. what yeah that's that's a good point that Kelly made what was one of your things that you wish you had have learnt earlier or thought about earlier yeah I wish that I had gone out earlier in my career and reached out to a lot of other podiatrists that are already podiatrists and and sat in with their clinics just mm. to get a good idea of what it looks like because yes you go on placement but you might only see two or three practices in your whole podiatry life so you don't really get a good understanding or a good idea of what you know, private practice or public um, health is like. So I wish I went and sat in with more other different practices, like a specialty biomech, a specialty GT clinic, or a specialty just a rehab, or a clinic that was in a sports medicine clinic, or you know, a clinic that was out somewhere rural. Because I think it gives a unique perspective, and you talk with a lot of people that have businesses. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What about yourself? I think for me, one I distinctly remember being a new grad. And in the first couple of weeks, talking about coming back to footwear, talking mm. about the basic fun, you know, characteristics of a shoe, heel counter, know, stiffness, heel counter kind of stiffness, thing. which basically applies to frailty yes. and falls yep. prevention. But we somehow along the way construe that to all mm. footwear prescription, which is wrong. Um, but 
than a patient saying, great, and where can I go and get them? Mm. And I was just like, oh, crap, I didn't know a thing about the local yeah. shoe shops, yeah. who yeah. they were, um, you know, anything like that. So leveling up and knowing who's in who's in your community. And as a podiatrist, that would be uh, pharmacists, if you're recommending various, various mm. things, creams or applications or nail things, um, and footwear, um, gyms. Yeah. Um, and on, on the footwear, I, and I do, and I remember you actually teaching me this as a student, because footwear is pretty broad, but I remember you showing me, if you imagine footwear in the middle and these arms coming off, so ladies' footwear, men's workwear, running specialty shop, general running shoes, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Turf so sports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, thinking about it broadly. Yeah, and we'll definitely do an episode on, which I know is an area you're incredibly passionate about, is like collaboration and networking and things like that mm. as, you're, as you are a student and also in your first uh, couple of years. Absolutely. I think um, that is something, again, a real key opportunity. So I know we said there's just in case and just in time information, but again, coming back to what are the key things that the best students do, mm. it's they make the time to do this stuff for, right from the start. Mm. They're often the ones coming to us as soon as they start in clinic saying hey justin so who should i be speaking to mm. they are you know who should i be meeting what's the best way for me to get the best job they're asking us right from the start mm. you know um, the students that don't think about it too much um and i'll pick on them because uh, because i was one of them school leaver who went straight from school did a little bit of work and bits and pieces but nothing major i Mm. played sport and studied basically um so i didn't really grasp the concepts of oh yeah on the back end of this i'm gonna have a main career the people that tend to do that best are the people that are mature age students or people that have uh, retrained their previous nurse or someone else they're off and they're working full-time they've got Mm. family they understand the enormity of getting through this and getting a really good job Mm. because the reality of our profession as a podiatrist is huge majority Mm. of people graduate and they go directly into private practice Mm. in their new grad year yeah small percentages going that's all in all professions in all professions yeah yeah, but i'm not sure the comparisons and we're trying to find the stats on it but it's a bit hard but even public to private Mm. ratio is massive so we are yeah, wanting to try and prepare them best for that. We also know that our profession has a really high burnout rate over mm. a few years and they tend to change careers. So we're trying to tackle yeah. that issue and combat that with on the front end of that because um, we have you know, really wonderful day-to-day experiences. We're really proud and passionate about our profession and what we can do and the, the career that you can have and trying to advocate for that um, but I think seeking that for yourself and creating that for yourself and doing these things uh, is a big part of that. Yeah, and we absolutely, and the students that are listening to this that have us as teachers, I know that some of them are probably sick of us because we just love to talk about this stuff. And we're always, anytime they ask us any question or advice, um, I don't think I've ever gotten out of the student clinic on times because I'm just constantly talking and discussing this stuff. So please, you know, reach out to us or whether it be by Instagram or email, you know, we, we really do love to chat about this and just give some general advice. And we're not saying that our advice is the only one to follow. Well, as we've said in the podcast, you know, getting multiple opinions and then forming your own opinion. It's the best way to learn and the best way to, to become a, a weapon clinician. Yeah, absolutely. I think how you do anything is how you do everything is one of my favorite quotes. Mm. And setting those foundations of good quality habits as a student and surrounding yourself and having a high expectation of how you want to show up in your career, in your workplace um, is important. And 
trying to, even the simple things, I'm a big advocate for being punctual, be early to things in the student clinic, be organized, be clean, mm. think about your workflow habits and how that works. Because um, we know, you know, when you've got 50 patients as a full-time clinician, mm. those those details really matter. When you do things within a consult, your ergonomics, all those mm. sorts of things, <clears throat> which when you, if you're seeing one patient one day, one one student sees you know two patients in, in a clinical day at student life yeah they can hunch over they can do all that yeah. sort of stuff yeah. they can be tardy with their notes and things like that but you can't that's not scalable um so, yeah yeah completely agree and if you guys have any topics that you would like mm. us to discuss or talk about please send them through and we'll talk to you guys next week thanks for coming on justin cheers mate